action. Salutations. Salutations. I'm Sophia's friend Brahman. And I'm Brahman's friend Sophia. And this is Quartanelli. You don't join me? <laughs> so, quick update. Twice in a row, we have had our voice memos app break. <laughs> and it's really not nice. It's very bothersome. Yes, we have had twice now where we recorded an episode and we worked hard on it and we stopped recording and the recording just wouldn't play. It was there, but it wouldn't play. Voice Memos was being very, very rude. Yeah, so we fired it. <laughs> it's yeah. done. We're done Terminated. with Voice Memos. So now we have this thing, this new voice recorder app, and it's very exciting because you can see like the level of our voices go up and down and they have like little gold bars, but also it's stressful because it tells you how much kilo- kilobytes you're using up. Yeah, but it's very spunky. It's great. It's also... The audio know, quality also seems a lot better. Yeah, it's very like soft. I, I, <laughs> it just is like, it's like nice, it's cozy. Um, it's not like scratchy. At least that's what it seemed like to us. So let us know what you think, if you have any thoughts. We really hope that it doesn't auto-delete or tell us, hey, this recording is too long. So we're going to be, at least I'm going to be a little stressed out. Maybe obsessively maybe, checking it. Maybe checking every couple minutes might be good. Yeah. And you know, I think it's going to be great. We tested it a couple times. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm optimistic that it'll work. Yeah. And also I got my new computer and um, I couldn't figure out how to edit last week because there was a whole kerfuffle and it was on Sophia's phone and so she had to transfer <laughs> it to me and she couldn't text it to me like she usually does because I no longer have a Mac. No hard feelings. <laughs> Mac, if you want to sponsor <laughs> I have a Mac, so it's fine. No, um, yeah, there. I had to cut out so much of last week of us just, like, there were so many technological difficulties. Oh, man, last week was a trip. Because, oh, we had, I guess last week was the one where we Skype recorded it yeah. because we had to, it wasn't working, and then I tried to download the Skype recording, and I was like, haha, jokes, you can't. Um, and I was so annoyed, and so I was like, Sophia, do me a favor, could you just edit it? Except I asked it, I didn't tell her to do it. And so this week, I'm gonna edit it. We're kind of like changing it up a little. Whoa, it's a little spicy. (laughs) I wouldn't call a podcast spicy, but you know what? To each his own. I feel like I've already said that in in the two minutes that we've been recording. (laughs) I feel like that's what Sophia says when she's exasperated with me. You do you, Bronwyn. <laughs> to each Maybe, own. maybe not. So why don't we? Yes, let's. What? I was going to say do wordlets, but if you want to do something else, fine, go ahead. I was talking about wordlets too, but if you want to be salty about it, fine. We don't have to do <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Cooking <laughs> Anecdotes. <laughs> do you mm. want to start? I think you get to start with your wordlet. Because I'm... You're correct, <laughs> yes. Um... So my first word is epoch, epic, epoch, epoch, shoot, I just looked it up. It's like a mix between, it's like epic, spell it, spell it. E-P-O-C-H, it's not like epic, it's epic. E-P-O-C-H. Um, and it's just a funky little word there. Um, it means a period in to- of time in history or a person's life, typically one marked by notable events or particular characteristics. 
also means the beginning of a distinctive period in the history of someone or something, or a division of time that is a subdivision of a period and is itself subdivided into ages corresponding to a series in chronostratigraphy. That should be a word like Chron- well. I know, right? Chronos- chronostratigraphy. Chronostratigraphy. Something I'm like writing that, that down. Um, which I don't know what it means, but hey, come back next week and you'll learn what it means. Probably, right? Um, But yeah, it's a cool word. It doesn't, there aren't many English words that kind of look like that. Um, I feel like it's, I don't have the etymology here, but I I feel like it's probably a German word, um, just by the way it's spelled with like the O-C-H at the end. Um, But it's kind of cool. I like that it's a subdivision of a period that's subdivided into ages, sorry, a division of time that is a subdivision of a period that's subdivided into ages. So it's kind of like a, it's like a part of a part of a part of a whole. Yeah. Um, and I heard this word, we just finished in my English class reading A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. And you know, at one point, um, I had started to read David Copperfield, which I'll have you know, is such a dense book. And the time when I had read it, I was like, do you want tea, Sophia? I am going to have tea because I've noticed that this is like a really cool mug. There you go. Um, but I, I, had a, I was at the time not very old and it was just too much. Um, and so I never ended up finishing it um, because it was just so dense and it felt very... Um, it was basically just... Charles Dickens is notorious for like overwriting. Um, and I, it felt very overwritten. However, having read A Tale of Two Cities, I actually really enjoyed it um, because it was just very extra for lack of a better word um, and he never says anything simply he there was like a line where someone was pregnant and our teacher was like yeah and this person was pregnant did you catch that and we're like what and it's be- it was like the hint of the child that she'll never have it was like something oh, like that wow. it's like so everything is really subtle but like they're it's really interesting and I kind of really enjoyed it, and there were a lot of good words, and epic was one of them, so that was my little tangent about epics. What about you? My first word is colloquialism, which I'm almost certain is how you say that. Yeah. For once, I got it right, Um, which means a word or phrase that is not formal, formal or literary, typically one used in ordinary or familiar conversation. So I really loved that. I think I found it, um, again, in this really big book I was reading that had a lot of very cool words. Um, And as someone who's interested in languages and the study of languages, colloquialisms are really interesting. Like just these little words um, or phrases that are only found in a certain area and it's like a certain dialect. It's, I, I just thought it was very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and it also sounds cool. Do you have any colloquial, oh shoot, colloquialisms in your family or that you use? Um, that's a good question. The one that I can think of that I'm pretty sure that I'm misusing the word colloquialism to describe this, but I told you about this yesterday, is, um... Our family, we have our big dog, Darwin, is, he's such an old man and he doesn't usually, like, come up to you to get attention and, like, want to be pet. Um, 
and, like he'll always love to be pet if you come over to him, but usually he's too lazy to get up and be like, oh, pet me. So when he does, and when he's like really wants you to pet him, we always say like, oh, Darwin so mimoso today, which I think is a Spanish word meaning like especially affectionate or sweet. But the fact that you use it you. in like English conversation and you don't really talk in Spanish much at home, right? No. So the fact that you use it just like in English conversation, I think kind of makes it a colloquialism. Yeah, like, I'm not sure if I'm using the word correctly, but that's just something like, yeah, I, I mean, it's not formal or literary, I don't think, and we do use it in ordinary conversation. My family has some, but they're not like, I don't think they're like regional colloquialisms, like as in they're not really from where my family's from, but just like, I think um, six of one is half do- is a half dozen of the other, but like it's shortened to six of one half, like half dozen of the other, and it's like the two are the same, because six of something oh. and a half dozen, but it's just like six of one, half dozen of the other, and those will even be shortened down to just six of one, because we'll like know what the other half of the saying is. Yeah. Um, and the other one is uh, actually from Hamlet, but it's like paraphrased, and we read Hamlet in English, and I was like, oh my goodness, like my family just uses this line all the time. When someone's like, if we're like teasing someone in our family or something and they're like, no, I didn't do this. It wasn't me. We always like, me thinks the docs protest too much. <laughs> um, and it's like paraphrased from a Hamlet quote. And it's like, yeah, you, the more you protest, the like, less we. And I've really actually do. like heard you say that mostly this year, but like the lady doc protests too much. Me thinks. Yeah. That's the actual quote. And yeah. I can't say the paraphrased one because there are other people who know the actual one. So I'll feel <laughs> put on the spot otherwise, but it's, I, yeah, there are like a couple little phrases that I really, that are just, I, I like, I like colloquial, clo- oh, sh- colloquialism. I think they're really interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what's your next wordlet? Apostrophize. Um, which I just liked, uh, because it means to address an exclamatory passage in a speech or poem, um, or to punctuate a word with an apostrophe. I love, I don't know if I've done any other words, but like, um, I use like the word sympathy. Um, I can't remember. I, I can't remember what word it was, but I think at another point I had a couple of words that's written down that were like, like the noun form of an avid an adjective um and i just really like when nouns are turned into adjectives just by ending adding like a suffix or something so like apostrophize it means to punctuate a word with an it's a verb it, like i was gonna ask to if just it like had anything to do with apostrophe but that's yeah, cool. yeah I, like i'm definitely gonna use that when people i'm like apostrophize correctly sophia <laughs> yeah with like your and your you should yeah, definitely exactly. use that. i will and then it's just a fun um adjective or is that an adjective to address it's a verb it's a verb yeah <laughs> it's a verb that means to put yeah or to like address it's like apostrophizing about this is very righteous sounding what's your next word look my last wordlet is, oh, I just looked up how to say it and I already forgot, but I think paroxysm. Sounds right. Sounds right. Um, which the, the um, definition is kind of violent, but I just kind of liked how the word sounds. But the definition is, definition is a sudden attack or violent expression of a particular emotion or activity. But I think, I don't know if, like, you could probably have a paroxysm of happiness, right? Like yeah. just all of a sudden start laughing. <laughs> a sudden attack of happiness. I definitely have that. Yeah, like a sudden attack of laughing, right? So that's what I was thinking when I like found the definition was like, oh, that's cool. 
Um, it's like but paradox, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. And again, like, it's got... I think last week I did zither, which is cool because it starts with a Z, and this one has an X and a Y next to each other, and, like, those are also letters that's that aren't cool. used super often, so that's just why I liked this word. A lot of the words we choose, I think it's less about the definition, oh, more definitely. about how cool they look. Um, it's more about, like, lesser used words that you've never heard of before. Yeah. I think. It's really cool. Yeah. I love our wordlets. Do you know what I love even more? What do you love even more? <laughs> this week's topic. Do you? <laughs> what is this week's topic, Sophia? This week's topic is hobbies, which is a little bit broad, but I'm very excited about it. Um, I don't really know what else to say about this. I wonder if there's topic. a history to hobbies. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, actually there is. <gasps> okay, so I'll quickly go to just to say the etymology of the word hobbies, because it's really cool. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, there was a lot of car. Don't mind the car outside. Um, but in the 16th century, the term hoban had the meaning of a small horse and pony. And then it, the term hobby horse was documented. Uh, it like became like a thing in England. Um, and it, I think it was, like a, it was like a toy, like rocking horse. Um, we had one of those when we were little. We had a rocking horse. Yeah, like a hobby horse. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it... The 18, by 1816, the derivative hobby was introduced into the vocabulary of a number of English people, um, and it just kind of gradually turned into like a pastime, but they were originally described as pursuits that others thought somewhat childish or trivial, but as early as 1676, um, someone said that almost every person hath some hobby horse or other wherein he prides himself, um, but by the, there is um once in like the mid 18th century when more people had more free time and stuff uh there was people were able to pursue things that pursue things that brought them joy that were more like leisurely activities um and the english have been identified as enthusiastic hobbyists which is interesting um and George Orwell dis- observed that another English characteristic, which is so much a part of us that we barely notice it, is the addiction to hobbies and spare time occupations, the privateness of English life. We're a nation of flower levels, oh, gosh, a nation of flower lovers, but also a nation of stamp collectors, pigeon fanciers, amateur <laughs> carpenters, coupon snippers, darts players, crossword puzzle fans. I should have kept this for a quote, but that's what hobbies are, if you didn't know. They're just pursuits. That make you uh, happy. That make you happy, yeah. yeah. That aren't necessarily... I mean, I think, like, in order to be a hobby, it can't be what you do for a living. It has to be, like, something that you do in your free time. Yeah. That you enjoy. Which is cool. It's very cool. So those are hobbies. And That's we beautiful. have... We thought it was an interesting topic. Would you like to tell us your word to describe hobbies? Yeah, I'd love to, Sophia. So my word is passion. Because I think that people... Uh, I I think it's kind of in some ways a synonym for hobbies is like you pursue your passions or mm-hmm. something you're very passionate about um because there's no reward for hobbies that is monetary monetary because it's not your job I think that it means that people only do like really only have a hobby if it's something that they enjoy and they're passionate about because mm-hmm. they're not going to put the time and energy into it for any other reason right um and yeah, and the meaning of passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something or something that brings enthusiasm. So in Latin, 
It comes from the word pati, meaning suffer, and then late Latin, passio, and then it went to Old French and then became passion in Middle English. So yeah, pretty simple. Cool. Okay, that's a really good word. Yeah, I love the word passion in general, and it's always, people are always telling you like, oh, do what you're passionate about, and I think it's, it's like a really nice word as well. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Passion fruit is also delicious. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not much of a person for passion fruit, if I'm going to be totally honest. I don't dislike it, but I'm not a big fan. I don't know if I've had, like, the actual passion fruit in a while, but I have had passion fruit juice, which is amazing. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, what's your word, Sophia? My word this week is gratification, which means pleasure, especially when gained from the satisfaction of a de- desire or a source of pleasure. And the reason why I chose gratification for hobbies was... Not gonna lie, this morning I looked at Bronwyn's anecdotes, and one of them said that, well, oh no, I don't want to spoil it. Well, you can read it, it's okay. <laughs> um, she said that she feels, she always feels like very productive after you've done yeah. something that you enjoy, and I was like, that's really true, and it's a really good way of putting it, and I always feel like whenever I do something that makes me happy or do a hobby that I really enjoy, I do get a really amazing sense of gratification out of it like wow I'm so happy that I just did that and like I my mood is improved by doing a hobby yeah so the etymology of gratification well I did I I couldn't find the etymology of gratification but I did find the etymology of gratify because I think that's probably where gratification stemmed from um but it came from latin gratus which means pleasing or thankful and then Latin gratificare, which means to give or do as a favor. And then French, you're going to have to help me again, gratifier. 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 Sure. Um, <laughs> you roll the R's, which always makes me laugh. <laughs> you don't roll R's in French at all. You do like the opposite. <laughs> I can't yeah. not roll the R's. <laughs> you did a good job. You did a good job. Thank you. Um, and then gratify to make pleasing in late Middle English. But yeah, it's, it's very, very fitting. I definitely was, I definitely agree with that. Would you like to start us off with your first quote this week? I would love to. Um, so my first quote is, do more of what makes you happy. And I don't know who specifically said this, but I know that this is like a I think a lot of people might have heard this as just a general philosophy, the kind of thing you see on signs when you like walk in a door and stuff. But I just really like that quote. And I actually know that um, the way I know this is from a YouTuber I watch named Alfie Days. And this is like one of his main philosophies. It's always do more of what makes you happy. Um, And hearing him talk about it and just, I like hearing this quote, I really think that it's um, a fitting and important philosophy to have because you have one life to live and you might kind of in the moment have more concerns of like, oh, I need to do this job and I need to make money and I need to do this. And I mean, that's incredibly important. And for some people, they might not have the luxury of spending huge amounts of times doing hobbies and stuff. However, if you do have the luxury of choosing your job or at this in this moment, having the luxury to choose your job or 
being able to decide what to do with your free time, make sure that it's not something that you dislike doing. Even if it's for a future goal, you don't want to waste 40 years of your life trying to achieve something for the, like, last 20 years of your life you know you, yeah. you want to even if it might it might seem like it might enhance those years you want to make sure that the time you're spending is just as valuable um and not always thinking so far ahead and that might mean like reassessing what what your work is or what you're doing in your free time and what your hobbies are and just do more of what makes you happy because that there are no harms in that um, and I think that can really enhance your life. Yeah, I also love that it, exactly what you said, that how it kind of connects to, like, make the most of your life right now. Like, even if you're working towards something in the future, that doesn't mean you have to abandon that dream. But don't, try not to make yourself miserable yeah. right now. Because in the end, life is short and you want to make the most of the life that you have. And I think that's really important, really important to do. And I think this is somewhat connected, but, like, we're in high school right now, and that's four years of our life. And I think in almost everyone's head, it's high, the goal of high school is to get into a good university. Yep. And for most people, that's another four years of your life. But the thing is, if your entire goal for the four years of high school is to get into the best university for another four years, because that will give you the best experience for those four years you're kind of exchanging the same amount of time, right? Like, it's still four years of your life. So even though it's important for your future, it's also important to realize, like, you don't, you're never going to be 15, 16, 17, 18 again. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're, like, valuing that time. And if that means sometimes... Yeah, I'm not advocating for, like, for example, not studying for a test... But if you have, like, four hours to spend, spend even three of them studying. But then spend that last hour making sure, like, you're having a good time and you're not yeah. spending all of your time just worrying. That's a really good point happy. because it does sometimes, like, make me sad seeing how focused people are on grades or, like, doing things just so it would look good on college applications. And it's yeah. like, that. I don't feel like that that should be what high school is about, even though society has kind of made it that way. So it's important to keep in mind, like, even though it is important sometimes to focus on grades and colleges, what is often more important is making sure that you are still doing what makes you happy. Because, like, as you said, we're never going to be 15, 16, 17 again. So it's important yeah. to... Yeah, and I think it's also... Um, um, I mean, a good way to spend that time doing more of what makes you happy is finding a hobby or a passion to yeah. follow. Um, because you'll still feel still full. <laughs> you'll still feel productive. You won't feel like you're wasting your time. But you will be happy. So, Absolutely. Yeah. What's your first quote? My first quote is, The world is big, and I want to have a good look at it before it gets dark. And that was said by John Weir. Um, who we have had before. I think one of his, he was, um, he said one of the quotes that we did for our hiking episode because oh. he's a big outdoorsy guy. Because um, he was also known as John of the Mountains and Father of the National Parks. And he was an influential Scottish American naturalist, author, environmental philosopher, glaciologist, and early advocate for the preservation of wilderness in the United States of America. So, really good dude. Um, but yeah, 
when we first discussed this topic yesterday at the farm, which we've talked about before, originally we were just going to talk about the farm, and um, which is definitely going to be a one focus of the most point important of, things in both of our lives. So we definitely. Will. Yeah. So when I was first looking for quotes, I was thinking about quotes to describe the farm, and then I sort of brought in that to like, what about quotes about being outdoors? And this is one that came up. And I included it because I actually thought it had a lot to do with hobbies as well. Um, and similar to what you were saying, like, the world is this amazing, incredible place, and there's so much to do in the entire, like, no matter where you are in the world, there's plenty to do and you want to be out there and experience it for as much time as you have before it gets dark, which might mean like before you don't have the opportunity to do that anymore or whatever that may mean. So I like this was describing kind of spending time outdoors, but I also really liked how it connected to hobbies and doing what makes you happy as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, I agree. And I think also for both of us, one of our hobbies if you can classify it as a hobby, is being outdoors. Yeah. So that was, sure. yeah. What's your next quote? My next quote is, whatever you like to do, make it a hobby. And whatever the world likes to do, make it a business. And that's by Warren Buffett. Um, and I like this because it's, again, kind of going back to the idea of, in some ways, it's very important to have a distinction between your hobbies and your work because even though you should enjoy your job maybe that's not an option and regardless I think it's important in your free time to find something else you're passionate about um and I think also a lot of the time something that you're deeply passionate about passionate about it's hard to translate that into a job and some people are successful and that's amazing but and for some people, especially if they might have like a more specific hobby or something, I think that make it a hobby. Make it something you're kind of, um, you have a commitment to, right? Um, and kind of by calling it a hobby, I think you kind of do make a commitment. Like this is what, this is something I like to do in my free time. And I think it's important to be able to change that. But kind of like promising to yourself that you'll always go back and continue to enjoy doing this thing that you enjoy um and not being only focused on work which is often what the world likes and what the world wants and that often doesn't those two often don't align so I think it's important to distinguish between them definitely and yeah similar to what you were saying before with like um doing what makes you happy in general and like not focusing too much on work it is definitely very important to distinguish between like something a passion that you enjoy that you can do in your free time and your work and I think it's amazing if you can combine those but realistically if you can't it's um equally as important to make sure that you set aside time to do what you enjoy yeah, definitely so Warren Edward Buffett is an American business magnate, investor, speaker, and philanthropist. Apparently, he said he would give away 99% of his fortune. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, hey, that would be great. Um, uh, and is he still alive? Is this something that he's I think going he's, to do eventually? I, I just saw it briefly, and then I, as I was copying and pasting, I was like, oh shoot, I exited out of the tab. Um, he is still alive. He's 88. 
Um, oh wow! And yeah, he uh, is in. He he has promised to give away over ninety nine percent of his fortune. I don't know if he ever has. I don't know if he ever will. But he uh, is the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, which owns more than sixty companies. So he's like wow. a very like well well to do American business CEO. So uh, hey, if giving away your fortune is your hobby, I don't have a problem <laughs> with it. <laughs> and what's your second quote? Um, my second quote is, when a door of op- opportunity closes, many more doors open for you to proceed. Remember, one of them is your hobby or passion. You just have to look around and find that door. Um, and I really liked this quote because I kind of liked the hopefulness aspect of it. Like, remember that even though um, something that you might have looked forward to or expected um, might have like, I don't know, not ended up happening or the door of opportunity closes is a a very good way of putting it. Keep in mind that even though that happened, there may be even better things that stem from it. And it's important to not lose hope and keep looking around for those um, better things that you can find because it's almost certain that when uh, one door closes, even if you're disappointed about that one door closing, it's almost guaranteed that many more doors are going to open, and one of them is probably going to be something that you really enjoy and you yeah. really are passionate about, and maybe you hadn't found that or hadn't considered That's it an before interesting this one idea. door. So I hadn't, even, I hadn't even thought about it that way. I was thinking kind of like a lot of the time the door that closes it, so it might be you lose your job or you might not have work or something, and I think that's a common one that people might go to, but something that you'll always have that's a lot harder to lose is something yeah. that you're really passionate about. So definitely something really big changes and you can't go somewhere or you're having a hard time finding work or something like that, you still have stuff that you really enjoy. And so if you have an opportunity, maybe it is trying to figure a way to make your hobby, your business, which is another uh, point of view, another way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just finding a work that might not be your first choice, but in the time that you have pursuing something else that you really enjoy. Um, Definitely. Which is interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting way of thinking about life and, like, the balance between hobbies and work. So I thought it was interesting. Um, and that was said by someone whose name I'm going to grotesquely mispronounce. <laughs> I don't know why I said grotesque. Um, but uh, Bavesh Chatbar, I'm guessing. Um, and I couldn't find much about this person but it seems like from what I did find that he's like a photographer and he also does some blogging so it seems like he is doing a good job at following his passion which I think is wonderful it's great yeah and I think that um it's very positive which is nice yeah it's not all it's a very hopeful way of looking at life and like you kind of have control much more control over some things than others and one of them is your hobbies and passions and so use that like pursue it yeah for sure what's your last quote my last quote is when you meet someone ask about what hobby they have not what they do people always ask me about cooking but i prefer to talk about tennis or boxing and that was said by wolfgang puck puck who's obviously a cook um (laughs) a chef um that's such a cool name i'm sorry wolfgang puck are you kidding me his whole name is wolfgang johannes puck wow Yes, it's That's very cool. awesome. Um, 
But anyways, yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I kind of agree with this. I've never thought about it, but um, I think you can kind of tell a lot about someone based on, like, what are you interested in? Yeah. And I think that often that might be, it's like, you might have a lot more to connect on than if you ask about what what's your job? What do you do for a living? Because that might be very surface level. It might be something they really enjoy. It might not be something they enjoy. And so it's, I think, hard to get a really good sense on someone. And sometimes yeah. jobs might seem a little generic. So it's like you, for example, are like, you make sales calls or something. It's like, I don't know. That doesn't give me, maybe it tells me like you're charismatic, but it doesn't tell me much about like what you enjoy and what your personality and yeah, really definitely. is. So I think it's really interesting to ask about what their hobbies are because it's what they do in their free time and it's totally yeah. up to them. Um, and I kind of want to do this now because yeah. I wonder, like even with my friends, I wonder what all of them do in their free time. And, yeah. and some things I guess I know, it's like, oh, I know they enjoy doing this or they enjoy this, but I would like to, it's an interesting idea. Definitely. And I also think it's a pretty generic question that like people who don't know each other super well will ask each other like, yeah. oh, what do you do for a living? But I think it would be so much easier, like you said, to make connections if you asked like, oh, what are you interested in? And I don't know if we've quite experienced this since we're in school, but even like, um, what sometimes classes people, are exactly. Yeah. Sometimes people who we don't know very well will be like, oh, how are you enjoying school? And it's like, well, that's not really what I want to talk about. I'd rather talk about like, what I enjoy doing outside of school, like yeah. what I spend my free time doing, because then we'll get to know each other better. So it's a really, I think I'm going to try to do that, like, rather than ask someone what, what their are your job hobbies? is. Well, no, <laughs> no not phrase like, it like that, but Yeah, like, what are you what interested What are you passionate in? about? Yeah. Exactly. And also I think something that people will always ask us, which in some ways is similar, but I don't really like this question, and it's always, what do you want to do when you grow up? Yes. Because 100%. I think that that actually is surprisingly different from, and I think sadly, it's often different from what people are genuinely passionate about, mm-hmm. because there's a huge amount of pressure to go into certain fields that will be make you successful. Yes. Let you make a lot of money that are... Um, Allow you to live a comfortable life. Yeah, and so I think that even though that might not be everyone, some people know what they want to do, and maybe that is genuinely what they're passionate about. A lot of the time, it's like for me, I just say I don't know because I don't want to say I want to do this specific thing because that means like I can't change it. And then it and also feels like you're boxing yourself in. I mean, yeah, exactly. It feels like I'm boxing myself in and it doesn't necessarily encapsulate what I'm passionate about now, what I will be passionate about later. So if yeah. you say, what are your passions? I think that can, can like tell you about the person in a better Definitely. Way. I think it's a much better question than like, so what college do you think you're going to go to? Or like, what do you think you want to do when you grow up? That's, those questions tend to just be kind of stressful. Um, but, like, what are you passionate about seems to be a much more positive one to ask. And I feel like it's food for thought. And I think that it yeah. could be interesting because it might put you a little bit on the spot because it's like, ooh, what, what am I passionate yeah. about? It's like when you go around a circle, like, say your name and one thing that people don't know about you. It's like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's really important. And I think there's this is a slight tangent, but I think there's some importance in, like, getting to know people and genuinely getting to know people. And I remember there was someone who um, was talking about they're part of like this program and they were having a, there was like a dinner party and one of the leaders like, or like leaders of the group, um, like they're known as elders because they were like, it was like for a wilderness program. So it's very like granola and stuff. So one of the elders 
uh, sat down next to him and he was like, so, like, who are you? Tell me about yourself. And he was like, oh, well, my name is, like, John and I like this and, or, like, I'm John, I have a sibling and he's like, no, 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 like, tell me about yourself. Like, who are you? What is, like, what was, like, he wanted to know, like, his whole life story and not in an invasive way. But in a like just genuinely, genuinely I want to know more. Yeah, and I think that's actually really interesting. Um, and I think it could put people on the spot, but at the same time, it is like. And I think if I went up to someone, I was like, "Tell me about you." It would be a little bit weird, but I think it's an interesting concept to like genuinely get to know someone yeah. from the get go. Like, and I think it can definitely spark a much more interesting conversation than if you ask them of the more generic questions that we were just talking about, and like it has the opportunity to really yeah. allow you to make a genuine friend. Which and, I like, I think especially it's interesting if you talk to, like, older people. It's like, what was your life? Yeah. You know? Because yeah. it's a lot. A lot happened in their lifetime, um, including the things that they were, are, now, were then passionate about. Absolutely. The hobbies that they enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your last quote? Oh, wait, no. I have to tell you who Wolfgang Johannes oh, yeah, Puck is. Oh, yeah, please. Wolfgang Johannes Puck is an Austrian-born American chef, rest- restaurateur, rest- restaurateur, 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 restaurant person. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it. And actor. So I'm assuming that they do, like, TV shows or something like that with cooking shows and all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's very cool. What's your last quote? My last quote is, the art of being happy lies in the power of extracting happiness from common things. And that was said by Henry Ward Beecher. Um, And this one is kind of similar to your first quote, just kind of like do more of what makes you happy. But also like it's saying that your hobby or your passion doesn't have to be something crazy, unique or insane. Like I think the, the first quote that you were talking about when we defined hobbies it was like crossword making stamp collecting like this this quote is just kind of saying like you can extract happiness from something very generic and very common and if that's what makes you happy and if that's what you're passionate about that's amazing and that's gonna enrich your life and I think that it's important to remember that like you you don't have to be interested in something crazy complicated or I mean it's yeah. an interesting it's like like appreciating the simple things in life you yeah know? and like if you remember our friend Ashi it's funny because she's such a she's such a complicated person who simultaneously can be quite cynical but can also be really does enjoy the simple things in life like she was talking about how she was doing a bake sale and there was a security camera like with the tv but it was delayed <laughs> So they spent, like, 15 minutes, like, putting their arm out and then, like, taking back and watching, like, the security camera, like, mimic it, like, three seconds later. And she said, like, they did it for, like, 15 minutes and they missed, like, a whole bunch of customers, but they had so much fun. And even though that's not necessarily a hobby, yeah, it's, like, it's important to appreciate the simple things, you know? And not, like, not everything has to be important, I don't know. It's, like, not everything has to be this, like, intentional or, like, very, every action you take is so important. It can, like, you can just enjoy life. Yeah, exactly. And even if something, like, um, sort of the same example, something stupid like a delayed security camera, if that is going to make you laugh for 15 minutes, then I think that's great. And that's going to make your life happier for that, those 15 minutes. So go for it. Do it. And so I don't take life too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
So Henry Ward Beecher was an American Congregationalist clergyman, clergyman, social reformer, and speaker known for his support of the abolition of slavery and his emphasis on God's love. Hmm. So yeah. Interesting. But so as we said before, we're really, like, we said it, and then we had, like, an hour and ten minute long episode again, but yeah. I, I don't think it was quite well, long. Well, no, but it, was it, was only, like, it was only an hour once so I cut a bunch of things out, but we're, but we're, we're trying. still really we're trying. trying, so we only have three quotes this week, because we're really making an effort. And it's still going to be a little long. I think so it's going to be, like, I'm my prediction, 52 minutes. I was going to predict 55, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I and think. that's, I think I'm very And I think that's good. That's a good yeah. length. So... And guess what? I get to edit it, so if it's a little bit longer, I can make it exactly 52 minutes, and then I can say <laughs> that I won. So, <laughs> oh joy. Um, yeah. Would you like to start off with your anecdotes? Yeah, so I just kind of listed a couple of things that I am passionate about that I guess you could consider my hobbies. Um, I don't think I have any of like the hobbies as in like the traditional, like, I like stamp collecting. Yeah, Although, I. my brother, my oldest brother from a very young age, collected coins. So oh, he has so a cool. ton of coins now. And I think he, like, decided that they, the total amount is, like, only, they're only worth maybe, like, $150. Like, just because of their values, not because of, like, the... It's 25 cents. But he has a lot of coins. And at the very least, some of them look very cool. That's um, awesome. I think he might have ruined the value of a couple of them by taking <laughs> them out of the packaging, which you're not supposed oh, to do. Oh, yeah. But it's still really cool. And so he has this, like like drawers of like coins and stuff and he has like a big chest that's just full of coins that's awesome and it's really funny because he has like a lock on it but the lock doesn't actually like lock the box it's just so and he i remember he told me once he was like yeah and then no one will steal it because they'll think it's locked <laughs> it's like the lock doesn't even work um but it's just really funny because it's like just he has he has not much of his stuff is at our house anymore because he like, has been at university and stuff, so he has, like, some clothes and stuff, but he just left all of his coins here, so he just has a desk that's just full of coins. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, but it's quite funny, but yeah, that's, like, the, that's a very, like, I think a classic example of a, a hobby. I, I don't really think I have anything quite like that. Um, my grandfather collected stuff, collects stuff, but he had to, they moved to a condo, and my grandma made him get rid of like all Aww. of it. But like, there's some really cool stuff, and he collects everything. So he and he used to have like in the basement, it was just full of his collections. So he has he used to have like like jars of everything from like old fridge magnets to like broken nail clippers to everything. Um, and I I try not to keep everything and every now and then I'll go through and clean my stuff but I think that kind of gene has passed on to like my mom and then me where if there's something that's like but this could be useful I keep it and I don't know if that's necessarily a hobby for me but for my grandfather it definitely is because he would spend hours organizing it and going through all the stuff um and he but when they moved my grandma was like we can't bring like boxes (laughs) and boxes of stuff you have to leave it so some things he got rid of but some things, like, he has a massive rock collection, like, so many rocks, and he knows the names of all of them, and oh my he's gosh. really, like, really passionate about it, but, like, rocks are heavy, and they take up a lot of room, so they had to get rid of it, so what they did is they took them up, like, bucket by bucket, literally, and went to my cousin's cottage, and in this one area, just dumped them, 
because oh wow, and it, we now call it Treasure Island because oh, there's so, and every time yeah, and every time like I go over there or like they go on like a little hike in the woods, they'll go and like get to choose one rock from Treasure Island, and then they kind of I think what happens is they all kind of migrate into the cottage. And then at the end of the summer, they have to put them back out because they, like, one by one just get put inside. But, like, so many rocks, and he knows the names of all of them, and they're really, really cool. He also had this really old, like, apothecary cabinet. So it's, like, it has, like, it's, like, old cabinet that has all these little tiny drawers. And he was, they were going to throw it out, and we were visiting them. And my sister and I saw that, and we're, like, no way. Like, this is so cool. And so we took it, and we put it up, and we now have, like, a little nature museum. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and we took, like, we, uh, he gave us, like, a bunch of his nature stuff that he'd collected, and a lot of rocks and stuff, and we organized it to some degree of, and now it's just these drawers full of different nature things. That's amazing. Um, and he collected some really cool stuff, like, and he has this, like, um, special like fluorescent light with like this massive battery because it's pretty old so it's like this huge heavy contraption and it's for looking for like fluorescent rocks um, and it's like this massive contraption but it's so cool and yeah so I think that they're I think if you if your hobby is collecting something even if it might take up a lot of space and not everyone might appreciate it I think you should hold on to it because at some point That's later, amazing. I think people will be like, oh, like, look what my grandparents collected yeah. and look at all this stuff. So. I love the Treasure Island story. That's so cool. I love yeah, that. it's really cool. And then my, my grandmother, I know I have more anecdotes that I've written down, but my grandmother also, her hobby especially used to be, she used to sew costumes and clothes for us. And it was especially every time we would visit we would visit at like Christmas time and she would make me, my sister and my cousin all nightgowns. And so every year we'd get a new nightgown and there are always these different colors of plaid and they're beautiful, beautiful nightgowns that we'd get every year. And then she would also, my cousins and me, but I was a little bit younger, they used to all play pioneers together and they would get like dresses and like, like coonskin caps and stuff. And oh, she sewed cool. all the costumes. So we had that's a big amazing. trunk of costumes that she sewed for like my older siblings and for me, but again, like I was younger, so not as much. Um, and my cousins, and we just have all these costumes that she's that's sewing, amazing. It's really nice. And then I have some hobbies, but definitely not quite as like specific, but things that I'm definitely passionate about. So one of them is music. So I play guitar, uh, which I really enjoy, and I also um, sing sing, but I particularly enjoy singing in choir. Um, and that's not for everyone, especially once it gets a little bit more serious because you stop singing as many like fun songs that everyone knows and it turns a little bit more to like traditional music. But for me, like being a part of it, it's just so cool. And listening to when you get like 150 people together and they know what they're saying and having between four and eight different vocal parts, it's just such a like, like magical feeling because it just, everything comes together. Um, and I really enjoy being a part of it. Um, and it's a hard work, the class, because they have a choir at school, which is, I have to say, we have a very good choir, and I think Wilton is known for having a good choir, but our teacher is a very good teacher, and he can be a little bit strict sometimes if people aren't paying attention, but, I mean, I get it, because it's, it can be such a magical thing, 
And so he really wants to pa- pass on that passion for music to other people. And I think he does, for me, he definitely does do that. He's my advisor, and he just seems like a genuinely good person. Who, like, I think he cares about each of his students. Yeah. And he wants the, the best for that, everyone. Yeah. The fact that you're mentioning that he's really passionate about music and that he, like, he knows that the choir can be this magical thing and he wants that for his students, I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think I would definitely consider joining, like, when I go to university, joining like a school choir or something. That's just so really cool. cool. Like I really enjoy it. Um, and then photography to maybe a slightly lesser degree, but I definitely enjoy if I visit a place taking pictures and going through them after and like taking the best of them and editing those ones. And when I take a good picture, I'm very proud of it. And I enjoy that. Um, and then we, I think Sophia and I have like three that are the same that yeah. maybe we can talk <laughs> yeah. about at the end. But the last oh, sure. thing um, is I definitely, kind of what you were saying before about, like, gratification. I feel so productive after I do something I'm passionate about because it's so easy if you have free time to sit down and maybe it's, like, watch a TV show or just go to sleep or something. But if you have time, like, I always, even if it's instead of doing work, I feel so productive after I do one of my hobbies. So yeah. yeah, there you go. That's amazing. What are your anecdotes? Um, I don't have as many like family anecdotes. My grandfather also collects coins, I'm pretty sure. And so every once in a while, my brother and I will get a little um, envelope of like a package and it has a year on it. And it'll say like coins from this year or something. And you open it up and it's like, um, they're all, I'm so afraid to take them out of their packaging, so I'm like, I don't want to ruin them or anything, so they kind of just sit in an envelope in my desk, but they're, like, really nice um, coins from that year, and they're all in packaging, which I think is very cool, Um, but I don't, and again, same here, I have sentimental value for, like, every single item that I have, especially in my room, and even, like, toys from when I was two or three that I know, logically, I'm never going to use again, and they're not going to be useful, but it's still like, oh, I don't want to give it away. And so in that way, I also have that sort of collector's gene, I guess. Um, but other than that, I don't have too many super specific hobbies, like you were saying. One of them, which I guess is a hobby, is making iMovies, which I've talked about before. But... Something that I love with making iMovies is, especially when I make one for a specific person, seeing how it makes that person happy, I think is so gratifying. And also like finishing it and being like, I just spent a lot of time on that and I'm so proud of how it turned out. I also just love combining memories from whether it's like over a specific period of time or for a specific person, like just combining all these photos and videos of them and putting them into one big thing is so um, satisfying to see like how it turns out in the end. And so that's really where I guess the gratification part of hobbies came from for me. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about super quick is I keep journals. So I write whatever happens in my life really in journals and it's again something that makes me feel very productive um is when I'm like okay I need to write because I haven't written in a while and so I'll sit down and just write in my journal which I think is it's really important for me because I do go back and read journals from past years and 
since like sixth grade, I've had about one journal per school year. So like as I got older, they got more detailed and specific. Um, and then when I was younger, I had fairy journals. And I was like, a fairy came to visit me today. I was making it up. I, no fairies ever came to visit me. I remember I would like set up a little fairy um, because I loved fairies as Same a kid. I was like, I that never, was my passion. Yeah, I never got into Disney princesses. It was always the Tinkerbell movies for me. So I would like set up little like, oh, fairies come because I, so I would put like a little food and crumbs yeah. and then I would go to bed, get up in the middle of the night, eat the food that I put there go back to bed, wake up in the morning, oh my gosh, fairies ate the food. My, so, I, and then I would write down, like, fairy fairies came. I made fairy houses, and my yeah. mom would put out, like, little cookies and stuff, and then yeah. I'd be like, oh my goodness, the fairies were baking again. Yeah, it was, yeah, so that was my, but yeah, so now it's, it's more of, like, when I'm upset, I will write about it, and that helps me, like, process, and when something has made me incredibly happy, that's, well, that's most of the time I write when I'm really happy because that's what I want to remember because I know that I go back and read my old yeah. journal, so I'm going to write down what has really made me happy because I'm going to want to remember that. Um, but the other thing that is not really a hobby, but I don't know, sort of, um, is my family fosters dogs. And so that is also something that's really this is mostly what my mom does I guess but like I I mean I live in her house so I often help you know take the fosters out but it's really her doing um but we take care of dogs and we house them in our home until they get adopted which is really important and we know that like we're doing a good thing especially when after many weeks of like taking care of them and house training them a family comes and they're so excited and happy to be adopting a dog and so that's also really a really gratifying thing that we do but yeah so our final three yes (laughs) so the first one is let's do D&D Let's do it. So, I, what I said specifically was, like, Dungeons & Dragons, which we've talked about before, is basically a game, but you make characters and you play them, and you kind of, like, like live out a story, except it's just through speaking. You're not really acting it out. Um, and you, like, there will be one person in charge who's, like, telling the story, and you kind of say what your characters do, and that leads to other actions, and the story progresses. Um, and that's kind of what it is. And I said, I think it kind of qualifies as, an, as a hobby, but something that's really fun to do is to make the characters. Yeah. Because it's not like, oh, this is my person, this is their name, this is what they look like. It's like you, you have a character sheet, you have to figure out what their abilities are, what the, if they can cast spells, if they are like, if they fight or what it is. And it's really fun because you kind of get to like just create a person. Yeah. There's also my favorite part of creating D&D characters is writing their backstories because I think that's what makes them yeah. the most real. Yeah. Um, there's a, we have like character sheets where we write like all their stats and stuff and like their, the spells that they can cast or whether or not they are a fighter and like yeah. what weapons they have. But there's a big section for what is their backstory? How did they become an adventurer? Why are they here on this, in this story on this adventure? And that's what really makes them... I mean, they're not, hum- like, human to me, though. Yeah. Like, they're real 
pe- I mean, obviously, there's not real people. But very like, fun about making someone that feels real. Yeah. And especially because you and get then, to pl- you get to like play them, so you yeah. get to like experience life from a completely different point of view, even if it's in like a room at a table. Yeah. And. I don't know, it's really fun to do. And then it's also super fun to have the, their backstory make sense with um, what they might do. What their like, personality the, is. Exactly, what their personality is. Yeah. Why, they, like, the, the weapons they have or whatever it might be. It's, it's yeah. really fun. No, it's amazing. And then what's our second shared? Um, I guess our second thing should be Ambler, probably, right? Yeah. So, Brahman and I both... Uh, go to a place called Ambler Farm after school, um, and we do the apprentice program there, which is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And basically what we do is we go there for two hours, and we get assigned a specific job, whether it's planting or building a wood wall or moving compost or cleaning out the animal pens there. Um, we help out at the farm in whatever way we can, and it's a really interesting program because for the first... 15 minutes. There's a lot of emphasis placed on socialization, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like making friends is the most important part of the farm, I think. Especially even to the leaders who like, yeah, they want to, we need to do work because otherwise they can't like, the farm needs to function and it, it depends on the apprentice program in a lot of ways, but that's not their primary goal. Right. And one of the things that is most often said by the two program leaders is that people come to the apprentice program for the animals, but they stay for the friends they make, which yeah. is 100% true. I joined the apprentice program because I wanted to learn how to hold a bunny, and I thought they were really cute and fluffy, and also I just loved all of the animals at Ambler Farm. Um, but I stayed because I met you, and I met our friend who drew our cover art, and that's why I stayed, and that's why I enjoy coming back so much. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's kind of, there are about, I think there's like a total of like 100 people. And probably between, on like a rainy, wet, or cold day, maybe only 20 or 30 turn up. But on a really nice day, especially on a sunny Saturday, exactly. There 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 can can be be like 70 or 80 people. Yeah. But it's a really amazing thing. And I think it's one of, I think it's my favorite like extracurricular hobby that I do. Um, But it's just like, it's, I really, even though it's hard work and it can be hot or it can be like, it can be a little bit, it can be difficult. Because I've done it for long enough, I now am accustomed to it. And I, I genuinely enjoy that kind of hard work and working with friends. Yeah. And, it's, and making new friends. Exactly, and making new friends. And now, I mean, um, our, our group and our year are all kind of in, we're all like, we're older, so we're in we more leadership. Lead yeah, we're in leadership positions and we, we all lead groups. And... It's nice to have someone like have that confidence in your ability to be responsible and that yeah. kind of thing and and um, helping other people because we know what it's like to be young and when you first get there it's really awkward because you don't know people and the people who lead the group have the the two people who are in charge of the program have big personalities yes so it can be a little bit intimidating but it's a genuinely amazing time and it's really fun and just I really 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 love it yeah it's also a really unique program that I don't know if that sort of thing exists anywhere else and I think it's amazing that we are able to be a part of it yeah it's very no it's a really I really that's one of my favorite things yeah and what is the last thing that we have as a hobby? <laughs> now, we don't have to explain this one too much because 
You're you listening listen to, to it, it right week. now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So podcasts and quotes and anecdotes. Yeah. So I love, I mean, I guess to explain, I think the way that both of us were introduced to podcasts was, and I think we explained this in our podcast episode. <laughs> Which you can go listen to. Yeah. Um, was through the Mac, through our friend who introduced us to the McElroy family, and all of a sudden we were opened up to this world of podcasting and listening to podcasts. Yeah. And I still, I love listening to podcasts. I listen to them quite regularly. And now that I make a podcast, I think I can even appreciate listening Definitely. to podcasts even more. I also just love, like, we now have an excuse that we have to see each other at least every weekend in yeah. order to create an episode every week. And I think that is amazing, and we've grown a lot closer because of Definitely. that fact. Yeah, and I think it's a really, yeah, I just really enjoy it. And yeah. it's something that I think I'll always have a place in my heart for. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are so close to an hour, so I think we should end it we here. We better end it right now. You can go listen to the, uh, yeah, so you can go listen to our intro music if you want to, which is, <laughs> it's a good song, which Inspirational is life. our outro music, Blossoming Inspiration, email us at quotes.and.anecdotes wow, you're going at gmail.com. Okay, we have a minute. Go. Um, Instagram, quotes. Dot and dot oh shoot! Anecdotes. I messed up the I messed up the email. Emails at quotes and anecdotes at gmail dot com. Our Instagram is quotes dot anecdotes at gmail. No. <laughs> oh, emails no. at quotes and anecdotes at gmail dot com. Our Instagram is quotes dot and dot anecdotes. Yes. In- our cover art you can find the person who drew it at Dinobyte. That's on D I N O dot B Y T E on Instagram. Also rate, review, subscribe, and thanks that's for listening. It. Bye everyone. Bye, my friend Sophia. Bye, my friend Bronwyn. And cut. <laughs>